Welcome to episode one of Right Conversations, a Plaque podcast series where we will be speaking on the topic, what are human rights? My name is Edima Usor, your host. Our guest today is Abiodun Bayoun, Executive Director, Global Rights Nigeria. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me. So, can you give us a basic definition of human rights? Well, human rights are rights that are yours just for the sake that you're a human being. They are rights that are inalienable to you because you're a human. Uh, they're the norms that are also backed by international law, norms of human behavior that are backed by international law that guarantees um, your, your rights and your safety. What types of rights exist? Well, there, let's say there are three generations of rights. So there are the first generation rights, which are the protocols on civil and um, political rights. They are the economic, social, and cultural rights, and they are the group solidarity rights, uh, each one being a generation of rights themselves. The civil and political rights are your usual um, every day more enforced and more thought of as being fundamental. Um, your rights to life, um, your rights to equality before the law, your rights to fair hearing, and things like that are the things you usually would think about when you think about uh, civil and political rights. When you think of economic, social, and cultural rights, you begin to think of things like your rights to um, decent job, or your rights to... Um, adequate standard of living, your rights to health, your rights to housing. And when you think about the third generation of rights, then you think about the rights of minority groups, uh, thinking about the rights of indigenous people, of people living with disability, and, and, and group rights like that are the rights we think about in the third generation of rights. Are these rights you've listed absolute? Well, there are times when they may be derogated. Not all rights may be derogated, but there are times when they be derogated, but those must be specified by law. Um, uh, not all rights can be suspended. Some of them can. For example, your right to um, freedom of movement may be suspended, for example, um, by the Act of the Courts uh, of Law um, in an instance where it is for public peace. But well, all of this must be prescribed by law. Talking about law, what laws define and protect human rights internationally? Well, first of all, there's the, the international, the universal um, standards um, of, for human rights, first starting with the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, the International Convention on Civil and Political Rights, the International Convention on um, Economic, Social and um, cultural rights are the main body of human rights. Um, but then, of course, there are other laws that protect human rights as well. The original laws, the national laws, the Constitution, for example, uh, protects human rights, Chapter 2 and Chapter 4 of the Nigerian Constitution. Think about the African human and people's rights are also a very fundamental grouping of these three forms of rights. Um, together, I think it's actually one of the best um, globally when you think about regional um, rights that covers a lot of, of human rights. So yes, there are many other um, laws that protect human rights. For example, the CEDAW, 
the Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women, there's the CATS, the Convention Against Torture, um, Convention Against uh, Slavery. So there are many human rights um, laws, uh, international human rights laws, and of course the regional and uh, national human rights laws as well. So aside the ones you have just listed, are there any other ones within Nigeria? Well, yes, they are. Um, and they are found in different bodies of law. So, for example, the Child's Rights Act is um, a, a law that actually protects the rights of the child. Um, you find um, even laws within Universal Basic Education um, Act also protects the rights to education. Um, rights on disability are also protected by the Disabilities Act. So you find a lot of them in different instruments, uh, not necessarily stated as this is a human rights instrument, but they may be found in other instruments to protect rights. Ultimately, how can citizens activate their rights? Well, first of all, that the first thing citizens can do to activate their rights is to know their rights. When you know what your rights are, the obligation that government owes to you to um, promote, protect, and fulfill your human rights, then you need to know um, what instrument, what courts, what institutions are available to protect your rights, and then uh, follow the procedures of those instruments or um, those institutions. So, for example, you've got the National Human Rights Commission where you can lay a complaint if your human rights is violated. Uh, you can also approach the courts for the enforcement of your fundamental human rights as well. Um, you can also approach the regional bodies, the African Courts of Human Rights, the African Commission um, as well. The, you also have the third, the Commission on um, uh, the Rights of... Um, civil political rights, economic civil and political rights, sorry, on civil and political rights, and also um, the Commission on the, in, the International Commission on uh, Economic, Social and Cultural Rights as well are some of the bodies, and, and the original bodies as well, the American Courts, the European Courts for Human Rights. So there are quite a number of bodies that you can approach depending on what type of, what body of rights you are actually seeking to enforce. So let's talk about the gender rights. What do these entail? So gender rights are rights that protect um, gender, the vulnerabilities of gender. And many times when we speak of the vulnerabilities of gender, we mean women's rights. So the most popular being um, the CEDAW. Uh, the Convention on the Elimination of Discrimination Against Women, the International Convention on the Elimination of Discrimination Against Women. But also in Africa, we've got the Maputo Protocol, uh, which also protects women's rights. Um, there are policies, there are gender policies in Nigeria. So what is the government's responsibility in protection of rights? Well, the government's duty is to promote, protect, and fulfill human rights. So the governments of states that um, the, have that basic duty. And then we all, as global citizens, have a duty to hold governments accountable to the fulfillment of these rights. All right, moving forward, can you give a brief overview of the state of human rights protection in Nigeria? 
Well, it's, it's, um, we've got a lot of plus and a lot of minuses. Uh, it feels in recent times as though we have a lot of minuses. Uh, but let's start with the pluses. First, that we have the laws in place. Um, second, that we have a human rights institution in place. Our biggest challenge has been enforcement. And if you think about um, the, the hierarchy of rights, the most important right being the rights to life and how very poorly we're doing um, with that in Nigeria currently, with the state of insecurity in Nigeria. Section 14.2b of the Constitution guarantees that the primary duty of government is to ensure the security and welfare of all Nigerians. Uh, that's been a tough call, the security of Nigerians and their welfare, which guarantee them the Chapter 4 rights, um, the rights to life, the right to fair hearing, the right to freedom of movement, the right to privacy, are really suffering right now. The rights, of, the, the rights to freedom of thought and of speech have also taken a real slap in recent times. Uh, and, and so when you also think about um, gender rights, you think about freedom from violence, that um, these are issues that we still have a lot of to deal with in Nigeria. We've got the VAP Act, the Violence Against Persons Prohibition Act, um, effective in a number of states in Nigeria now. But then its, its implementation has been a problem. And so, yes, the implementation of rights, particularly child's rights, are also beginning to tell on the general state of rights. If children do not have access to education, then they will not have dignity and access to um, livable wages, access to adequate housing, um, freedom from torture. All of those are precedents on, on certain laws being fulfilled and when they are not, the quality of life, um, the rights to life, which we say is the, is the highest form of human rights, is then devoted, um, which is what is happening in Nigeria. So we've done a lot of back and forth, a lot of good and a lot of bad, but still a long distance to go. What does it mean when it is said that Chapter 2 of the Nigerian Constitution is non-justiciable? So Chapter 2 and Chapter 4 of the Nigerian Constitution lay out the body of rights. It, it, it states Chapter 4 as being the fundamental rights, the rights from which governments cannot derogate, the rights under all circumstances which must be fulfilled. But then Chapter 2 gives a, a slight leeway when it says that they're progressive rights, they're the fundamental principles and objectives of state policy. It says that as government has resources, it should fulfill this right. But it's not that they're not justiciable, but that they're progressive rights. Government has to get better and better and better with them. But where government totally fails to fulfill them, when it has the capacity to, you have a right to go to court and demand the fulfillment of, of them. As a matter of fact, you can fulfill Chapter 2 by going to, to court on Chapter 4. The right to life, that what quality of life are you affording your citizen? So when it talks about um, government has a duty to provide education, to provide um, social security in Chapter 2, you can take that up in Chapter 4 under the rights to life, the rights to dignity, and not being fulfilled by the Nigerian government. So um, I don't buy 
or the courts stop buying that excuse. And I think as Nigerians, we should stop buying the excuse that they're not justiciable. They are totally justiciable. What are your final words on human rights as regards the existence of every Nigerian? Well, when we look at um, the body of rights that we have as Nigerians, Chapter 2 and Chapter 4 of the Constitution, and the rights to... Th that this rights form the basic minimum that government must fulfill, the basic mo uh, minimum that government must promote, and the basic minimum that government must protect and that we all have a duty as Nigerians to demand that these rights are fulfilled. It's in the fulfillment of these rights that we can say that we have a government. And it's in the fulfillment of these rights that we can actually develop as a nation. And so when people think of human rights and they think about them in abstract, we need to remind ourselves that these are the very wheels that turn our society, that determine the direction in which we'll go, that determine the dignity of every citizen, that determine um, the level of development that will be found in our society. Okay, so I would like for you to do a call to action. Section 24C of the Nigerian Constitution calls us to be our brother's keeper, more specifically to respect the dignity and the rights of other citizens. Respecting the dignity and the rights of other citizens is a very, very first call. And it is in respecting the rights and the duties of, uh, and the, the rights and dignity of other citizens that we can hold government accountable. Accountability for the rights of others starts with you. This is Black's Rights Conversations. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe and stay up to date with upcoming episodes. Ensure to follow Plaque across our social media platforms at Black NG.